Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is David Greenaway, author of the book AlienGG7.co.uk, The First Chapters, A Philosopher's Dream 114. This book is a financial idea surrounded by other ideas fulfilled to try and answer a few of the day's questions. So David, I want to welcome you to the Books on Air podcast. Thank you. So let's start out. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book. Okay. Um, well, I'm I'm 56 years old, educated um, between the mid West Midlands of England and Wales and the southwest of England, uh, southeast of England. Sorry, I've worked in a few different places from factory floor shop, factory shop floor to drying to uh, bar work. Well, all sorts of different stuff. Um. I've always lived with financial constraint in my life, which brought me to write the book or introduce my financial idea. And um, everything else on the website and in the book are just, uh, I suppose you'd call them anecdotes to deal with today's situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your title is interesting in that it, it has the actual website in, in your title. Why did you decide to do it that way? And what, what um, led you to create the title that you did for your book? Ah, that's, an, that's, ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I decided to put the title of the website in the book so that people could check the website out first if they wanted to read some of my writing. Although the book itself is a transcript of the, uh, the first part of the work. <laughs> Excuse me. The book itself is a transcript of the first part of the website. Mm-hmm. Um. But um, basically, I came up with the, the first chapters is because it's the, the first parts of the transcript of the website. Then a philosopher's dream is what is what I imagine my idea to be. And I, I've, I gave my book to a local person that lives near me who, who um, is quite well read in philosophy and psychology. And after he'd read the book, he actually agreed with me that it is a sort of philosopher's dream, what I'm putting forward. And then 114, that is a tongue-in-cheek, uh, that is me taking a step in the tongue-in-cheek direction because there have been 113 books of God. Apparently, I was told by a Muslim, person of the Muslim faith, and I'm putting mine forward as 114 if nobody else comes forward with such a book to place in that position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that's very interesting, yes, for sure. And so... Your book, as you mentioned about the philosopher's dream, in what way would you say your book ties into that 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 um, that meaning or that you know those words? Well, um, the philosopher's dream, as I understand it, is everybody living a freedom and a freedom to learn and to better themselves and to hopefully create things for mankind that mankind will enjoy and then the whole of my website is about creating 
for one yourselves as you would see fit. And mm -hmm. it's also about creating a society where I envisage small communities growing rather than the huge, humongous communities we have we have these days. And I, I envisage, envisage these small communities growing with all the things that a small com community would need, like hospitals, doctors, policemen, firemen, schools, libraries, all the things a small community would need. Um, large communities would remain, I dare say, because people do like city living and the variety that it brings. Um, would you like to take the question any further uh, to to produce any different answers from that? That's up to you. If you want to share any more, we don't obviously we don't want to give your book away, but we want to be able to um, share with the readers maybe a little more into your mindset or into your thoughts or into um, you know what really the essence of your book is. Well, basically, a lot of the a lot of the essence in the first book because I'm calling it the first book because hopefully I'll have enough funds to um, produce a second book out of what I've carried on writing on the website. But it's basically, what I'd like to see it out, as my, my, my reading of the situation as society stands as it is today, is that we've been through a period of creation. It's like if you can imagine, say, 2,000 years ago, our brains and the facilities that we had were a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. And um, various religions and one thing and another, wars, conflicts, people's imaginations, they've brought us to the point we are in the present day. And I think having been through this process of creation, um, one of the things I actually have in my website and in the book is that the creator being or God or whoever you like to call that would now... In the beginning, according to the Bible, anyway, we were created in man. In God, we were created in God's image, and um, so therefore we have a, an awful great, a great deal of God inside us mm -hmm. as we stand at the present day. Now, the Creator being, as I understand it, now wants us to go forward, taking what we have, and this is including the pieces that are left of um, the perfect idea that was the Garden of Eden, because. If the Garden of Eden had been successful, then knowledge of evil and bad wouldn't have existed in society. And if that would have happened, the place would have been a lot different. But mm -hmm. now we're, we're left with these pieces that are a, re a result of that situation, plus all the 2,000 years of um, creativeness that we've been through to a point where we can now take parts from society or wherever we choose to add, to add them to ourselves, to create something that we see that we are pleasured with as it becomes ourselves, if you follow me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that what's interesting about what you just said right there is that that choice to do that, right? Because um, I think a lot of times it feels like life is happening and we don't feel like we have a choice in it. But when I hear you talking about, you know, all that we've been through, all everything that's led us up to today and where each of us listening to this show is today, um, if we want something different, we get to choose to have something different. That's what I'm hearing. At least when you're talking, that's what it sounds like to me. And I think that choice yeah. is important. Yeah, it, it is a fundamental choice that has been placed in our past, yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's like it's like we're not necessarily asked to abandon the stuff that we've that we've learned. The the things that might make I mean, I'm hoping that people are on to the good side. I, I I'm a an eternal optimist that way. Mm-hmm. But it's like we don't necessarily need to abandon the stuff that we've learned that has made us good. We just we just embellish it with things that will make us good that we like. Because yeah. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of society up to now has been a situation of we say you learn. Right. Now whether it be the whether it be the priests or the politicians or whoever it is that's saying that, that's how society has been. And now we're at a point where we're being where we're being given a degree of freedom. I mean, how can I explain that? No, I understand what you're of, saying with that top uh, down. Okay. That, yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, having that. I mean, we're taught that from a young age, right? In the school system, right? It's a top down approach. We tell you, you do, and that leaves very little room for creativity or for you know, thinking outside of the box and, and thinking outside of the box isn't even encouraged, right? We're taught to fit into these little spaces. And if you step out of the line, then you're a problem child, or there's something wrong with you or, you know, all the things that come with that. But what I, what I hear you saying, and what I really love about what you're saying is that, that it's times are different, right? It's time to start looking at, instead of that top down being told it's, it's from the inside out that that's what I'm hearing you say. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, that that's effectively what I'm saying. But also, it's like when you look at the way children children are t- taught in school. If you look at a child when, when they're near to their birth, they have knowledge of the other side. Mm-hmm. Now, the way they are taught basically takes it sort of knocks this knowledge to one side, and it tends to be forgotten. Now, this is something this is something that, in my idea, is being readdressed because. If you do it correct, if you if you take the theory of mind correctly, you will start to remember the things from beyond your birth. Um, this, this might sound a little bit quirky or a little bit daft, but it is the truth. It's because on the other side, or in, in some people call it heaven. It's like on the other side. I would say, on the other side, everything is peaceful. People get on. People learn things. People grow better. So it's a case of seeming that side into the side we live on, mm-hmm. in rather. And it's a case of taking back the reins in this society that we live on, this earth, for each and every individual. And then when we do that, maybe, hopefully, we can get on with each other better, which is the way things are on the other side. Now, the con- I mean, another one of the things that got me to write the book was the conflicts that exist on planet Earth. Now, these conflicts... A, a, a lot of religious conflict mm-hmm. is people basically being fundamentalist for God. Now, I think I think after all the time that has happened, God or the creator being or whoever, whoever so be that being is, that being has now realised that people are prepared to be fundamental for said being. And it hopefully... Because <sighs> I, I, believe, I believe God is just as shy and um, unconfident inside as some of us are in today's society. I I believe it it needed to be proved to said being that we actually believed and the fundamental, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not advocating fundamental violence, believe me, but the fundamental that some people have been would have been would make the, the creator being, or I mean, I didn't use that word in the book, 
would make the creator beam seem credible to his or her self. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I know I, I know when you're talking about an omnipotent being such as God, everybody believes that he is he he or she is fallible and he or she doesn't have doubts and one thing and another. Well I, I, I don't believe that. I I believe if we have those those failings in ourselves and up to now we have been created in God's image. So therefore wouldn't that mean that God feels those things as well? Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes, and that makes absolute sense to me. That's it's very it. interesting to think about. I'm I'm thinking about that, and that's I've not thought of it from that perspective before. But that that's very interesting to think about, and and also it goes kind of it also goes back to that separation we feel as humans a lot, right? We feel separate, alone, and like um like there's like we're the only ones that feel a certain way, or that we're the only ones that experience a certain whatever situation, whatever it might be. But that separateness and that that aloneness there's so much pain and suffering in that as well. And your point about God feeling the same, and I'll I'll just use the word God. It's whatever a person listening wants to, you know, use that reference. I'll just use it for simplicity for this, but that understanding that, um, that God has to feel that too. That's, that's very interesting to me. And also it, 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 it feels like it helps to, if we can shift our perspective in that way too, we can start to pull ourselves out of this, out of our own self-suffering in that feeling, you know, separate or alone. If in your self-suffering, you're not hating yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and if in your self-suffering, you are actually realizing yourself as separate from source. Right. That, ba- that basically proves another point and that is that we have been cre- i mean it doesn't pr- it maybe doesn't prove that we've been created from the point of view that you can point at somebody and say that's the person that created us but it proves that we're actually separating from source and being ourselves which in the in it, the the point of creation was to create beings that were separate and themselves right Yeah, this is big stuff here, David. Big, big, very big, as you said in the beginning, the philosopher's dream, right? So many big topics here. Um, What's one of your favorite stories or anecdotes or sections from your book? Um, Now, that's difficult because I'd have to come to something that isn't in the book that is further on in the website. And that's about the history, the history of the snake as being the enemy of the deity, whereas it's also associated with the goddess as being part of her, which basically is stories that are basically dividing God and goddess, which I don't agree with because God and goddess are... Well, in the book, I've actually said that the creator being God, the Father and the Messiah were probably the same being. And I also believe that the goddess and God are probably the same being. And um, I think hatred between hatred between those two, God and goddess, would be a little bit of a pickle for everything and everybody. So, but the, the idea of the snake, uh, I don't know if you've read the website, because it does go on a lot further than just the book, but... Um, it's the first. It's the first chapter I wrote after I released the book, um, and um, 
But it, it's there through Egyptian history, it's there through Assyrian history, it's there through, I mean, the snake in the garden, in the in the Garden mm -hmm. of Eden. Right. Yeah. And no, I got, didn't actually read that section on your website. I did read your website, but I didn't, I don't think I got to that part. But, um, and so this, all of this stuff we're talking about today is, I mean, it's so interesting and so, um, just a different way of thinking. It, it seems like to me from what we're talking about, is this something that did you grow up feeling this way or did, did something, um, you know, maybe turn on a light bulb for you that, that showed you a different perspective on life or what was that like for you? Well, um, I've basically, I've basically drawn the conclusions I've come to from living my life, learning the things that I've learned, but also I've had, uh, I've basically I do psychedelic experimentation, and mm -hmm. I had a, a night on psilocybin mushrooms from the UK one night, and um, mm -hmm. that was enlightening to say the least. I don't know whether you describe it as my point of enlightenment. Ah. But my my life hasn't been the same since. I see. It's like the, all the information that I gained didn't necessarily come from that moment, but in that moment, I did have quite a um. How would you put that? I did have quite a vision of things. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was like I saw everything, and I saw a path at the end of it, and it. it, it but it all happened in in such a quick time. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's hard hard to describe. As as much as mushrooms always are hard to describe. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> taken it. No, I haven't. But I've read accounts like you're talking about, and it sounds very um, expansive and very much like um, uh, almost like breaking through a wall or breaking through a, a a perception of some that was guarded maybe before. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, people. It's not they're not for everybody because uh, I, 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 I don't know. I say that, and yet the the US the US um, mental health teams and the British mental health teams are now experimenting with psychedelic mushrooms for things like uh, depression depression treatment and um, schizophrenia treatment and things mm -hmm. like that. So, mm -hmm. so I I think you're possibly right about the wall that we go through when we take those those particular drugs yeah yeah so it's such an interesting topic all of this and david before we close out today just want to ask you a couple more questions um what would you say sets your book apart from other books oh well my, my book is different from in a in a sort of very down-to-earth way because each chapter is only a page mm -hmm. and it's it's brought out of a blog so I mean, in a fundamental thinking sort of way, I have to say because I thought it, because I ha I have been quoted as having a rather, shall we say, abstract thought process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can just tell from talking to you and just the little bit I've we've talked here, just how um, just the word I keep wanting to go back to is very eye-opening in that perspective shift. I get that's how I feel talking to you, like a shift in my perspective. Um, oh, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very graceful of you. It, well, and it's, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm, I, I'm looking like thinking and like, I'm looking up and I'm thinking about what we've just talked about. And uh, I almost feel a little bit speechless. Like usually I feel like I'm pretty much um, in my interviews. I, 
I can um, pretty much go forward. But with this, I feel like there's a lot to think about after this. So, um, David, I want to thank you for joining us today. My guest has been David Greenaway, author of the book, AlienGG7.co.uk, The First Chapters, A Philosopher's Dream, 114. And David, before we close out today, what do you hope the readers learn or take away after reading your book? I hope each each individual reader seizes their individual um, individualness and carries on trying to change the world for the better. Because if we all get together, we can stop hunger and poverty and that kind of thing. We can stop war. We can stop all the things we find abhorrent. The whole underlying the whole underlying meaning of my works are to try and bring the earth to a utopian form of um, nature in ourselves rather than the conflict and uh, it's attrition the right word? Yeah, that yeah, and that how the conflict and the way we really you know, the way the world is experienced right now with, with everything. But, but I mean, one of, one of the things I'll, I will mention while, while we're on that subject, I mean, a lot of the fighting that goes on between countries is basically about land. Mm-hmm. Now, in my book, I mention another planet that's in the offing for human inhabitation, which will be in the solar system. I've seen this planet. So I've been showing it to a number of other people. It's, if you, if anybody what, if anybody goes out about three p.m. UK UK time and looks to the west, they may well see this planet. This planet is being kept somewhere, uh, which might be called God's garage. But this planet will actually be fine. This planet will be revealed properly and left there for us to inhabit when when we when we when we actually do seek to live on our world in a way that we should do. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's not a big enough carrot for people to start behaving, I don't really know what <laughs> is. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, David, so much good stuff here. I want to thank you for, for your book. I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank you for um, expanding my perception in our, in our conversation today. And I know you've done the same for the listeners. So thank you for joining us, David. Thanks for having me. You can find more about the book, aliengg7.co.uk, The First Chapters, A Philosopher's Dream, 114, on Amazon, and I'll link to the book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.